0: The Teachers College at Emporia State University presents How We Teach This. Welcome to How We Teach This, a podcast for teachers uh, sponsored by Emporia State University with a focus on helping teachers and those in education find some inspiration and get some ideas that they can make their life as a teacher a little bit easier and improve teaching and learning. Our guest today is Travis True. He is an expert on how to use Google in the classroom, and we are super excited to have him here with us today.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me.
0: So would you take a moment, just kind of introduce yourself with your background and how it is that you um, got into the teaching field and why you are so interested in technology?
1: This is be my twenty first year in public education. I've been with Topeka Public Schools since two thousand four. My entire career, I've taught some sort of computer class. When I when I came to Topeka, um, I was in a computer lab classroom for eight years at Eisenhower Middle School, teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth, and then slowly started getting into some of the. staff professional learning around technology integration and then uh, moved into a role of tech integration specialist um, and that's where I've been for the last about 10 years now. I'm an ESU grad, instructional design and technology graduate. In 2014, uh, Topeka Public Schools, we passed a bond issue to build an elementary school and a significant part of that bond was to fund a one to one initiative we didn't know what device at the time we landed on chromebooks just because at that time iPads were not you weren't easily able to manage those remotely as you could chromebooks at the time and then uh, pc laptops you uh, there wasn't anything for that at that time either. And we're, you know, we're talking, you know, seven, eight years ago now we landed on Chromebooks. And so we've been a Google school, a Google for education certified trainer. I actually host a podcast. It's called Untitled Podcast with Carol Nelson, who's a Google for education trainer and innovator. We try to talk to other teachers who are using technology not necessarily Google, but just technology integrating technology into their class. And we do highlight some, some of the Google things that, you know, updates that are coming out and some of the other, maybe not as well known things that you can, you can do with Google. So I'm on the MACE Kansas Board of Directors, which is the Mid America Association for Computers and Education. We're the um, ISTE affiliate. Kansas, ISTE is the International Society of Technology and Education, which is a worldwide tech ed advocate group. We have a conference coming up the third and fourth of March. The first, for usually the first Thursday, Friday, March every year. We didn't have one last year um, for obvious reasons, but we're you know, we're bringing people back in this year, um, and we're pretty excited about that. So, so that's a little bit about me and my background. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. So you kind of have already answered the question, why Google? And a lot of schools have gone one-to-one with Google Chromebooks. Some have chosen iPads or other devices. And I didn't know if today, if there's schools that are still trying to figure out the one-to-one that haven't, well, with the pandemic, I think almost all schools have gone one-to-one. What have you learned about that experience with the pandemic kind of rushing schools
1: into that? Uh, when we started in uh, 2014, there there was a push to go one-to-one in a lot of school districts. Uh, you had a, a handful of school districts around the state that were already one-to-one, most of those being uh, Mac schools. They may have had MacBook MacBooks at the time, maybe iPads at the time. And they were, and a lot of them were smaller schools. About the time around the 2014 time, uh, a few years earlier is when Google introduced their book. And then uh, it was just a cheaper alternative to, to laptops and iPads and the management was easier. And also at that time, uh, Dr. Robert Moody out at Fort Hay State was i I call him the Godfather of Google for the state of Kansas he was he was out really pushing Google he was the the leader of the Google education group in Kansas which at one time was the largest group um, in the world as far as as members of the group it was a a group that um, teachers could join and we could share ideas and collaborate and and other things and, and him and his team from Hayes would travel around free of charge and do training and help get schools set up to be Google schools and not necessarily one to one schools but get them using using the Google and, and the Google suite and, and the Google tools. Uh, we had them out at, in Topeka a couple times doing training for our staff. Um, uh, and just had, just, you know, kept that relationship. And at one time, there were close to 80 school, 80% of the school districts in the state identified as Google districts. And a majority of those were also one-to-one districts after they became Google districts, just because of Chromebooks were cheaper to use and to manage and people saw the benefit of, of kids, every kid having their own Chromebook. Uh, when we started, uh, we started with sixth through 12th grade and then immediately brought on elementary with our one-to-one new. The initial plan was wait a couple of years, get middle and high school kind of comfortable with what they're doing, but um, elementary wanted in on it too. So we moved our timeline up um, a couple years and now we are one-to-one kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, We have iPads at kindergarten and first grade, Chromebooks starting in second grade all the way through high school. Uh, The middle and high school students take theirs home. Uh, The elementary students don't. Um, Obviously, with remote, everybody took them home, which made remote, which made our remote really easy because we had a one-to-one at the time, so that wasn't a problem. It was just getting those home. And then uh, what we found when COVID, uh, when we went remote and shut down, is we knew not every teacher was using technology in their classroom. We knew, you know, there were some classrooms that teachers just never opened up their Chromebook card or their iPad card, and they just kind of refused to use it. Well, then they were forced to use it. And what we've seen coming back from remote is a lot of the teachers continue to use the tools um, that they, that they used for, we were remote um, from March of 2020, all the way through the the, uh, fall semester of the next year. So we were, we're remote for a long time. And so, so we found that teachers, they continue to use the tools and the websites and the things, and they're not necessarily asking for more. They're just kind of, they're asking what else can we do with what we already know how to do, and so that, that's been our focus, isn't pushing new things because new things take time to learn, and uh, the teachers are already stressed out enough with everything else happening, and so what we want, what we're trying to do is really focus on the resources that we purchase as a district and make sure that the teachers have all the information they need and all the support they need uh, to use those to their fullest, their fullest effect and um, really focus in on the student engagement piece of that.
0: Awesome. I do think that's a place where technology can really help the learning process with student engagement. Obviously it's losing some of its novelty effect as we're now doing it all over the place and remote and so forth. But I think there's still a lot of power in that. So you've helped a lot of teachers across Kansas to learn effective ways to use Google. What do you think is the best part of that?
1: It's just getting out there and meeting people and connecting Um, my, kind of my professional philosophy um, as I transitioned from the classroom to the tech integration role was I wouldn't know what I know without people really sharing information. And so I am one that will post uh, a lot of things on Twitter and into different Facebook groups, email. I send emails out um, a lot. Um, I'm one of the leads for the Google uh, the the kansas gag the kansas google education group now and so we have a facebook page and a twitter and then do the podcast and just try and get as much information out as i can because i think uh the one thing when we started working with dr moody the one thing he always said which stuck with me is you don't know what you don't know and so um if you can you know talk to people and follow people online um, I learned something every day just being on Twitter for 10 minutes. I'll, I'll pick up something new. So it's not that I know everything. Um, it, you know, that sort of knowledge comes from experience. <laughs> and I think, you know, the, those that are listening that have been in education for a long time going on, you know, 20 years or so, we're seen as the experts just because we've been around and have that experience and so that's kind of that's kind of the same way with with the technology. I've been around it. I was elbow deep in a one-to-one initiative for a very large school district and it's been pretty successful and then people want to know how we did that and what we do and I'm happy to talk to people and connect and and make those relationships across the state and across the across the country.
0: One of the things that I enjoyed the most about taking your your class, Google for Educators, was that I already kind of understood the Google suite myself, just being a little bit of a techie, but being able to see, oh, that's how you use this tool better in education. That's how I can do this in the classroom. Oh, that is such a cool shortcut to do something faster. And uh, I, I just remember just taking so many notes from the class of all the cool tips and tricks. And I would have considered myself a fairly knowledgeable Google user walking into the course, but that focus on actually applying it in the classroom as a teacher was fantastic. And I did. I got a lot out of the, the Google Classroom programs. Well, um, yeah. well,
1: I appreciate that. That's, and that's one of the things we try to do is how... not just going to show you how to use a tool but how is it going to benefit you and your students is it going to save you time is it going to help with engagement is it going to help with achievement and so um yeah we could we could stand up in front of a room full of people and show them how to use google docs or jamboard or or any of the uh, google tools or any of the other third-party tools that integrate with Google now, and, um, but uh, if we don't have the conversations or around, how does it save you time, how does it engage your students, and how does it help with achievement, because that, that's, ba- that's the, the end goal is student achievement and increasing that, and how does that tool help that, then um, it's just kind of a waste of everybody's time.
0: I had, um a conversation with one of my daughter's teachers when they were doing remote learning and she was u- using Google Forms. And I just happened to say, don't you love that Google Forms can grade things for you automatically? And she goes, it can. And I'm like, yes, it can. When's the time I could teach you how to do that? Because it's only a couple things you turn on and all of a sudden, if you reword your question, Google can give you help in getting your feedback so we did and she was very appreciative of that little trick so it's amazing how you could be using for a whole school year a tool and be missing some little simple piece of it that makes your life easier
1: yeah that and that comes back to the you you don't know what you don't know comment right like she knew how to use it and but she just didn't know this one this one little piece in there that um could make it just a little bit better. And and so if you don't ask those questions, well, I guess you wouldn't know to ask them, but if you're not making those connections with people, offering that information to share, then then she's just gonna use Google Forms the same way she's she's always had and not not ever have that extra piece to it.
0: Would you share five tips that are your favorites for someone who has not used Google in the classroom before or hasn't learned the teacher perspective of it.
1: So if you ever if you haven't ever used Google before, Google has a, they have a tremendous support. I don't want to call it a page or a site because it's massive. Every tool has their own support, but we'll share the, I'll share the link to the um the so Google has some certification tests that you can that you can work through and they provide free training modules so you can work through these modules and not take the exams the exams kind of just show that you understand um, how to use the tools in different contexts um, but you can you can work through the training modules for free and it's all for free the exams cost um, there's a cost to the exams, but it's very small, and the certifications, they last three years. Uh, it's, a, it's something good to have on your resume. It's good to um, just have, uh, they change the exams up every about three years or so because all the Google tools change so much, and so I've been a Google uh, certified teacher level one and level two, really, since we started doing Google and then um, decided to get into the Google certified trainer because we were doing a lot of um, training around Google. And then that just has some extra perks with it, which includes a a Google group with all the trainers worldwide in it. So if I have a question about anything within about five minutes, I can ask, but Google, there's a lot of help out there for with Google start, um, I would suggest uh, start um, building a uh, professional learning network online through Twitter or Facebook. Um, It wasn't until I joined Twitter and started following some, some of these um, experts that I really started learning uh, and gathering resources. Um, You don't, you don't have to. I tell people when they start that you don't have to engage. You can just be a lurker, and and steal the resources. I did that for a few years before I felt comfortable engaging online in in conversation. Um, but they put that they put that out there for free to use, and so anybody who finds it can use it. So, um, so yeah. So the Google help building your PLN and just connecting with people whether it's online, um, if you're in a large district, um, you probably have some sort of technology coach or technology integration specialist, I hope, instructional coach. If you're in a small school district, you may need to connect um, with somebody else uh, that's in another district or online um, and and ask questions. Then that's, that's the other thing is Um, when we started just there's there's no stupid question when it comes to tech integration because like I said before you don't know what you don't know and so ask the question um, and it'll get answered for sure Um, the other thing that I tell people is you you got to get over your fear of trying something new so just Find a a lesson or an activity that you would like to integrate uh, technology with and find that tool that you want to use and use it. You don't have to become an expert. You just need to know enough to show the kids how to use it because once the kids start using it, they'll figure out all the different bells and whistles and you'll end up learning from them. Definitely. Definitely how all the all the advanced settings you just need you just need to know kind of the basics of that tool in order to get them started so there will be a little bit and don't assume that's that the kids know everything when it comes to starting tools that's one thing that i've learned it, Um, when we push when we push new things out and it's a frustration with teachers is that they just assume that the te- that this that the students just know how to use it well there's you got to teach them the basics i mean they'll get in there and they'll dig around and find all those advanced settings and and all the fun stuff too but you've got to show them how to um, how that tool works and and explain to them why you're using it and so i think um, that's something that a lot of people are um, when they start using technology they're frustrated with is I just want them to create a video and just all right. We're going to create a video and you're on your own. And here's you. Here's the tool. Uh, use use Screencastify. Well, and then I'll, there's a lot of frustration when a student has never used it before, so they don't know where to click or where to find it. They don't know how to record, how to uh, how to stop it, where to find the recording. You know, just basic things like that as an example. So. But you got to get over your fear of doing it because you're not going to break the Internet. You're not going to break the tool. The kids will appreciate doing something different. They will appreciate the trust that you have, that you're giving them to try this new thing and learn from your kids. Because even when I was teaching it in the middle school and it was mostly just um, like Microsoft Office stuff, you know, Kids were always showing me different things that they learned, whether I knew it or not. It was always a big deal. So, like I said, you got to teach them the basics, but they'll learn how to use all those super, those advanced features for sure.
0: Great, right. thank you. That's some good advice. And I was kind of hoping for maybe your favorite new tool that Google offers. You know what? What's the newest thing or the most? Um, a changing of teaching and learning that you've seen recently you want to share about.
1: Oh my goodness. I think I think Jamboard has really changed, has become a favorite um, tool of a lot of teachers in the last couple of years. Uh, if you're not familiar with Jamboard, Jamboard is a it's a Google tool. You can find it in your Google your Google account. and it is a it's a collaborative whiteboard tool and you can have multiple pages or slides for your whiteboard and um, there it's pretty basic uh, the things that you can put on it pictures sticky notes text you can draw on it which is nice um, if you got a touch screen chromebook or um, or you can even use it on an ipad with the app Um, it was designed Google has their own interactive whiteboard called a Jamboard. And that was a software that you'd use with the actual interactive whiteboard itself. And then information started coming out about the software and teachers saw it and they started saying, hey, we would just like to have the software. We can't afford your interactive whiteboard, but we'd really like to use the software. And so they released it as part of the whole suite. So that's one that we get a lot, I get a lot of questions about uh, is Jamboard. And and I've used, and I use it quite a bit. It's really good alternative to something like Google Slides or another presentation tool. I teach a couple adjunct uh, classes for Washburn, and on the, one of the final projects, one of the classes, the students had to, had to do a final presentation, but they could choose whatever tool they wanted to, and a couple of those were classroom teachers and they, they did theirs on Jamboard. So, so that's one that's really become pretty popular in the last couple of years. The other one that I find myself using a lot and it's actually integrated within calendar and docs and Gmail is Google Keep. Google Keep is a, yeah, a sticky note app, I guess, for lack of a better term. You can create checklists, Uh, to-do lists on your phone or your iPad. You can actually record audio notes. So if I'm out in a school and instead of trying to type on my phone something that I need to do when I get back, I just make an audio recording inside the note and then play it back right there in in the keep note. And you can share notes so they can be collaborative. We have a couple of groups that I work with, uh, that's kind of our to-do list is on a keep note and we just add things to it and everybody gets to see it. They can check it off when it's done. It's really a pretty powerful little tool that not a lot of people know about. It's great for grocery lists for families because you can, uh, if your wife's at the grocery store, you can add things to it while she's there and it shows up and, and, uh, and, <laughs> and, it's a great little tool. It's like I said, it's web based. It's available on your phone. The audio feature is only available on your phone, but that's one that I use. That's that's one of those kind of daily apps that I use. And when I say it's integrated into Docs, you'll see it over on the right hand side in Docs and in, in Calendar and Gmail. And you can like for Docs, you can take a note and drag it over. Whether it's a complete checklist or just text note that you have, or even a picture that you saved in the KeepNote, you can drag it over into your document. Um, so it's it's integrated. It's integrated into into like I said, Docs and Calendar and Gmail and, and maybe a couple of other slides. So um, it's you know it's pretty powerful. It's kind of one of those hidden gems of google that a lot of people don't know about but i use it almost daily
0: i found it was really helpful when i'm teaching an online class and i have 60 students i find myself saying the same thing as feedback to multiple students or they're making a similar mistake multiple students so i save my comment for my feedback in Key. And then I could just drag it over whenever it's relevant. Oh, yeah. that's, and, a, that's and I a good used... idea.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Making just that uh, comment bank. I had never thought about that. So that's, yeah. So that's a really good idea.
0: So that, that's definitely how I use it. Thank you so much. We are running out of time here. Do you have any other last tidbits, advice, or things you'd want to share with our audience?
1: Just keep doing what you're doing. If you want to, I think we'll link to my podcast, Untitled Podcast. I'll give that a little bit of a plug. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Travis True. If you got any questions or anything, Google tech integration wise, um, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to to meet new people and and chat with anybody who, who wants to chat and wants to learn something new.
0: Well, I thank you very much for your time.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed our interview with Travis True from Topeka Public Schools with integrating technology and being a facilitator of helping teachers improve their skills using Google in their classroom. And we have links on our website to his website, travestrue.com, as well as uh, his podcast, MACE, ISTE and the Google Educator group that he mentioned that is focused on Kansas. If you're looking for community support for ideas and ways to step up your integration of technology in a Google classroom. We hope that you have enjoyed the podcast and will share with other educators about our program. You can subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to write to us, our email address is hwtt at emporia.edu. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at hwtt underscore ESU. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for How We Teach This. This episode was produced by Christy Dugan. And I'd like to recognize Dr. Zenny Colorado-Resa and Terry Kaiser for their support. I'm Christy Dugan and you've been listening to How We Teach This.